The following episode contains major plot points that may spoil movies for some viewers. A spoiler warning is now in effect. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Abbey Normal Podcast. I'm your host Colin. And I'm Aaliyah. How's it going everyone on this lovely Saturday morning? I hope you're all having a good morning and hope you have a good rest of the day also. Yep, so we are recording this the day before Sunday, so July 9th. It will be posted. I mean, by the time this will be posted, it will be July 10th, probably. And Colin will be heading for Maryland, Ocean City, Maryland. Yep, I'm heading to my hometown, seeing my friends and family after not being there for eight years. And I am super excited because I get to enjoy all the fun in the sun. And I always thought of myself as a spooky beach bum because growing up, not only I've loved horror stuff and everything, but I've also lived by the beach and I've always bodyboarded and all that stuff and lived the whole beach lifestyle, yep. especially living out in the country. So like, so I've always enjoyed Ocean City, and it'll be nice to live all that again. Yep, and then I unfortunately will not be going with Colin to this trip. Yeah. Um, I'm very I will, sad about it. I will be home in Rochester because uh, I have work to do. I couldn't find a dog sitter for the dog, so one of us has to stay behind and take care of the dogs while... You know, the other goes and has fun in the sun. But that's why I'm going to make it up to you when I come back. I'm taking you with me to the Thousand Islands. Well, yeah, but I mean, that was already a plan, like, before. I know, but I think you'll have a good time. But the thing is, too, is, like, although Colin will be gone next Sunday, so, like, a week from now, I will have things planned in advance. So I will have a guest host for the next two episodes. It's going to be really fun. I'm really excited. And... I figured while we still have Colin here for this Saturday, we would sit down really quick and just talk about some subgenre of horror mm-hmm. while he's here. Well, that's why I wanted to do a quick podcast with my wife before I leave, because I just didn't want to not leave and not do a podcast. I think it would be fun. And plus, what we're going to be talking about today would be a lot more fun. Yeah, so we have decided that we were going to talk about horror, horror comedies. <laughs> horror horror and not the not only the best kind of horror but also my personal favorite horror comedies yes i'm not i don't have anything prepared noteworthy i think we just so shoot the shit. yeah we're just going to fly off the cuff here and just kind of give our own general review of how we stand like where we stand on horror comedies because a lot of people like horror comedies a lot of people don't like horror comedies and there's a good and, reason why yeah because for me personally, when I view horror and comedy as separate genres, they're almost completely opposite ends of the spectrum. Because you have like comedies, which are happy and lighthearted and silly and quirky. Mm-hmm. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, you have tragedies, dramas, horror. You're like the opposite ends, none, nothing feel good about it. Like those types of movies. Exactly. And I feel like when people make horror comedies they have to be careful with what they are going for if they are going for like an entire comedy movie with horror elements to it then we get movies like the scary movies you know just stuff that's not really all that scary it's just silly and in my opinion stupid when you have movies that are mostly horror with a little bit of comedy peppered into it I think that could work but I don't... And I think it has worked in the past. There's been tons of movies that were just like that. It's like, you can't just have full... Like, you can have comedy and horror, but you can't have 
70% of comedy and then have that little bit of horror. You know, right. because it's supposed to be one and the same. They're supposed to be connected. It's like uh, like an iced tea, you know? Like, like an Ar- Arnold like, Palmer. Like yeah. an Arnold Palmer. you got to have both to make both equally taste good. It's like 50-50 with both horror and comedy. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, too. Because we see it a lot more now. Like, we see, like, horror movies that have some comedic elements to it. Every once in a while, they'll throw in a funny joke or a funny one-liner or even throw in like a quirky character that had probably no business being in there but well, it's still it there nonetheless anyways it works sometimes but i feel like when people try to make a horror movie that has just a little too much comedy into it then we get like those silly stupid parodies can you know I what give, i mean can i give you two examples okay for me two examples of like what i think are the perfect horror comedies okay are uh, an American Werewolf in London, because mm-hmm. that, even though it adds a lot of the element of the wolf horror, like the folklore of horror and stuff like that, of werewolves, but mm-hmm. it also dashes that very good, quick-timing, quick-witted comedy that John Landis is known for, for like American, uh, for like Animal House and shit like that. Right. So, but he combines his Animal House humor with... Um, his love for like werewolf horror movies and combine the two incredibly well together where you didn't even realize it was either a comedy or a horror. Right. And then also number two, Evil Dead 2 because the first one was a lot more of a darker tone and everything Mm -hmm. and sure there were some funny parts but it was a lot more of a darker, scarier movie than any of the uh, Evil Dead movies there ever been. So the second one had a perfect mix of like not only the dark tone of the first movie but also what is to become of what Evil Dead is known for. It's his humor. Right. And especially with a lot of the things that they culminated, like the hallucinations with like the, the, um, all the uh, house appliances and everything coming to life, and also the fighting sequences where it just seems like, you know, the, the, um, the, the dead bodies or whatever are doing karate almost. <laughs> and, uh, right. and just like basically all these little things that you could find, like... Um, like the hand that was moving by itself like it's like Thing from Adam's Family but he's pissed off right and so you have these good mixes of like scariness and comedy which really made what Evil Dead is now so that's what I look at when you have those type of movies if you want to look at a very good 50-50 mix of horror movies look up those movies and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about yeah and I actually just thought of something, too, when you are saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, another good example of what happens when you apply too much comedy to horror movies, and we have talked about this previously on the podcast, but, like, the Nightmare on Elm Street sequels. Specifically, I think movies four through, what, seven? Yeah. Which one was uh, Freddy's Dead? Freddy's Dead? That's, like, the sixth one. Okay, so, like, those 91. movies... They tried to be scary, but I think in some ways they made Freddy just a little too quirky to be scarable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where they kind of lose me with the franchise. Is like you you gave Freddy some good one-liners in the first two movies. And the third, the movie, third movie was it was like it, I think for me the third movie was definitely a good mix of it had horror a, and humor. It had a decent mix of the two, but I think every movie since then just gets a little too out there. And I think that's where they lose me. But I think for me, the perfect 
mix of horror and comedy has been for me in zombie land i don't usually like zombie movies i i really, don't either i really go out of my way to avoid watching zombie movies because to me they all feel like the same except for return of the living dead i actually love that movie because i found that entertaining as fuck but yeah. i'm talking about zombie land i know but okay. zombie land is a interesting zombie movie where it's not only like you've got comedic actors like jesse essenberg emma stone even bill murray cameos as himself dressed up as a zombie and it's got a lot of like humor to it but it's also you know in some ways it's light-hearted without being too happy and it's you know got its dark and even horror to it which is fun it could be fun to watch without it be like without losing itself too much in the horror or in the comedy aspect of it i love zombie land and it's one of my favorite horror comedies but a lot of people also turn to movies like Shaun of the dead and what was that other movie that they made with those two guys yeah. sean peg or not sean peg um sean peg what is it simon peg and what's his friend's name oh you mean Shaun of the dead yeah Shaun of the dead so simon peg yeah simon peg and his uh co-star like, they would go on to do other movies like that together. They were also in the movie Paul. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. I love Paul. And another another movie where I don't particularly like sci-fi movies, but when I watch Paul, I think it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And it's got Jason Bateman, Bill Hader, the guy who plays Boyle in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, I know who you're talking is about. Is in it, too. Is he really? Yeah, he plays uh, one of the FBI guys or agents. Okay, well, we're not talking about that. I know, but I just think that that is a good mixture of when you apply comedy to a different genre Mm -hmm. without it going too over, like, on one side of the spectrum. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's a pretty good way of mixing it up without losing one side of the spectrum. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. But uh, I will say this, for example, for me, I like a good mix of horror and comedy, but I think there are movies that are meant to be more comedy than horror, honestly. Because especially if they mix, like, the family childlike movies that they had back in the 80s, for sure. Like, for me, for example, I will pick two examples. Um, mm-hmm. The Monster Squad movie, which I okay. think is the perfect element of, even though it's not so scary, but it still has those scary, scary elements, but it has more humor. Mm-hmm. And I think it's definitely that, like, perfect family kid horror esque life of comedy and it could have been a huge hit too it really could have been big but thanks to the success of lost boys because it came out around the same time fucking Lo- lost boys lost boys ruined monster squad success because yeah. of that and i love lost boys don't get me wrong because that's also a perfect example of horror and comedy but it ruined the whole aspect of monster Squad's success yeah, and when I think back to, like I was saying earlier about the horror parodies, scary movies, there are some exceptions to that where comedy movies that are based off of horror sto- like horror stories, like, for example, Young Frankenstein. It is a comedy, it's a, it's a Mel Brooks-directed comedy based off of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. And I think it's a good mix or a good example of how to do that kind of thing right. I mean, it's silly and it's quirky, but it's a good movie that you can watch and laugh at and still get a concept of how Frankenstein all laid out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas I think movies like the Scary Movie series, I think those are too silly. I watch those movies and I cringe in every single scene because everything that those actors, like, 
The writing is just terrible. The jokes are just bad. Which movie? The scary movies. Yeah, well, I, I like I the scary those. movies, but I get what you mean. I hate those, honestly. They are not my favorite. Take my strong hand. I hate those movies. Yeah. I really do. They're just too stupid. You ever watch something that is just too stupid for you to, like, watch? Yeah, I think that's mostly sequels for me. Especially, like, horror movie sequels that add more comedy to it than yeah. the first one. I won't watch it because it just, you know what's going to happen. Everything is so cliche and so predictable. And not yeah. only that, you would think the jokes would be funnier. They're just sour apples. Exactly. And I I'm, think the only time, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but I'm just saying that I think the only time a con- like a horror comedy has done successful, in my personal opinion, is Tremors 2. Even though it was like released to VHS directly, it was like... Yeah, but it's not all that successful. I know, but it's it did good though, yeah. and I think it does like a good job of. It had some comedy to it. It had some quirky one-liners, but it didn't lose itself in the horror aspect, which was, you know, they're going back to hunt these monsters, but somewhere along the way, something changes, and now they're fighting these whole new monsters, and they they're learning they're relearning everything yeah. along the way, and, and it's still scary. I get that. You know, but I think, again, it doesn't lose itself too much in the comedy. And I, I like those kinds of movies. But yeah, I know cool. I know after after the second one, it does kind of take a dive bomb into the more comedy aspect. Yeah, and then it goes back into probably serious in the later movies, but I don't even know. Probably not. Yes and no. I mean, I think adding Jamie Kennedy as, like, the co-star. Funny. Well, because when you watch the first Tremors movie, you have Kevin Bacon, Fred Ward... And uh, what was his name? Michael Gross, the ser- the more serious roles. Whereas Kevin Bacon was the more lighthearted, funny, quirky actor. And then he didn't make the cut in the first, or not in the first, in the second movie. So they brought in that guy Grady to fill in the role. And every film since then, they've always put in some quirky character to fill that Val spot that Kevin Bacon put in, like, in 1990. And it works to some extent, but I don't think it should yeah. every, with every movie. No. But I do no. I do think that, for me, that's the one exception where a sequel has gone pretty decent. Uh, but here's what I was going to say. Okay. I know you've been talking for a good while. And okay, you go ahead and finish your thoughts. It's so funny because it's like, you don't really like horror comedies like that, but you're, like, talking all about this. I'm like... For someone who's not a big fan of this, you definitely have a lot to say. I just have, like, very opinionated thoughts when it comes to, like, horror movies. I mean, I like horror movies, don't get me wrong. But I think that comedy movies also play a good role in entertainment as well. But I think when you combine the two, you have to be careful with how you do it because you can easily lose yourself in the comedy aspect of making a horror movie that it doesn't become a horror movie but at the same time, if you're trying to make like a, a parody of something and it becomes too comedic to the point where it becomes like the scary movies. So what would just be point of making this movie then if you can't really combine the two to mix them in the right levels? Right. Yeah. So. And I can understand like a parody of something, but when I watch the scary movies, they're so, like I said, they're so cringy and they're so dumb that I just can't. I can't watch it. It's it hurts to watch those movies. I get almost. that. I do, but mm-hmm. I will say this for me because when I was trying to talk about my conversation about movies that weren't so scary but still more humor, but I think they're like supposed to be that way. 
it's like another one for me for example it's not kid friendly but it still was like that especially the little raunchy jokes or whatever killer clowns from outer space i think oh yeah it's right combination of super wacky humor but still have those horror horror elements especially with sci-fi to mix within that I think it was genius, especially for yeah. what the Kyoto Brothers did, because the Kyoto Brothers are the ones who are known for doing a lot of stop motion, especially for the 80s, because they did a lot of work for Pee-wee, uh, Pee-wee's Herman's Big, Big Adventure. They did a lot of like commercials for uh, uh, the California Raisins. They did everything like stop motion that you could think of in the 80s. So they thought about yeah. doing their own movie, as not only as the creators, as for puppets and all that shit, but they were wanting to do it directing. So they made Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Right. And, and it's, yeah. it's so funny that you bring up those movies and Pee Wee Herman because... So yesterday, which would have been Friday, I was on TikTok and I was scrolling and I came across a live stream of Josh from Haunting Season doing a live stream with another TikTok creator whose name I'm blanking and it's really this guy with a puppet... I don't know his name, but it's like a, it almost looks like a demonic puppet, but he's like funny and he does a lot of horror movie reviews on TikTok and they were just, you know, asking each other questions about their opinions of horror movies and they were talking about House of a Thousand Corpses, which is a balls to the wall movie and someone in the comments section said that House of a Thousand Corpses is like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre version of Pee Wee's Playhouse and the puppet had said, oh my god, Pee-wee Slaughterhouse, that's so funny. And I'm like, I commented, I was like, Pee-wee Slaughterhouse is a great band name. Pee-wee Slaughterhouse? Pee-wee Slaughterhouse. Yo, that is actually a really cool name. I'd take that. Right? Trademark. I, that is funny. And then... Especially with the Pee-wee Herman font rating. Yes. Oh my god. I mean, Genius. that is hilarious. Yo, and then... If Grease Creepers wrote a, made an album name, Pee-wee Slaughterhouse... Which, speaking of horror comedies and uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, oh, God. what do you think is going to happen with this Monsters movie that Rob Zombie is making? Because from what I've seen, I mean, we we all have probably at one point in time seen most of Rob Zombie's movies. We know he is a very balls-to-the-wall guy. He's a very serious is. like horror maker. Like He doesn't really make anything that's lighthearted. So this is like his first lighthearted attempt to make something that's a little more... It's, yeah, I would say this is his probably his first pg-13 movie yeah it's not an r rating it's not a pg rating it's a pg-13 would it be funny if if the monsters were r-rated well i mean think of it this way look at the adams family movies from the 90s yeah they were very pg yeah well they're not only i mean i would say they were more pg-13 than pg because i mean they still had they still have a lot of like adult elements to it but it's still like a kid's movie yeah you know and i mean you can watch those movies, the Adams Family movies, and not be too phased by it because it's just a an odd family with odd interests who do things that are a lot of odd. Yeah, like odd, like not your typical American family. You, you know what I mean? You know what I call that movie? Hmm. An odd movie. But I mean, watching the Adams Family movies, it's like we all love that. I mean, I wouldn't say we all, but most of us like the Adams Family movies. I love the Adams Family. I love the Adams Family too. I'm saying not everybody does, which is fine. But I'm saying that like when you compare the Adams Family to the Monsters, like you've seen a lot of the Monsters original like shows. Yes, I have. What did what would you expect going forward to see the Monsters movie? I feel Rob like Zombies edition. I feel like I'm just excited to see what he does with it. I don't. I've 
really I've only seen a trailer where they kind of mock the uh, the intro to the TV show where yeah. they go through the door and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I just don't know what else they're gonna do besides that because I feel like if anything, I don't know if he's gonna show another trailer right away where he just wants to get everyone excited to just show that so he doesn't really show the whole entire movie. He has shown a lot of like promo pictures yeah, through that's his it. through his social media. That's it, but he hasn't really shown like a whole movie like how other movies do. Like when they show a trailer, you basically see the whole movie. Right. You know, and I feel like he wants to add that element of surprise and I feel which, like that's what's good. Which I love. And I love it when movie makers don't do that a lot. Yeah, like I know. get that like when a production company gives people the green light to make a movie and they're like, We want to market it. Like we're gonna need to market this movie so that people can go will, will want to go into the movie theater to watch the movie and that's where i think a lot of people kind of like don't agree with it because i've, I've heard a lot of people especially a lot of horror enthusiasts say that i will refuse to watch a trailer of a movie until it comes out in theater like i don't want anything to spoil or ruin anything for me prior to watching this movie because a lot of production companies are doing this when they market a movie they will give too much of a movie to the point where it ends up not being something that you either expected to happen in a bad way or the like you said they end up showing the entire movie in one trailer and then it's like you go in and that's all you see is the ma the major scenes that they show in the trailer cut in some like useless dialogue and some nonsense bullshit scenes mm -hmm. that don't need to be in there. And it's like, you could have told the whole story of that movie in one trailer. Like, that movie you were telling me, The Invitation? Yeah. That right there, I feel like just laid out the entire movie for yeah, me. I basically saw the whole movie when I watched The Invitation. And it was like, it was trying to not give away what it is, but it, we all can tell it's a goddamn vampire movie. And well, not only is it, like, a vampire movie, but after I watched that trailer and I had some time to think about it, I just realized something. It is a rip-off of Ready or Not. Yeah, right. And it's also it very is, macabre. No, but it is an entire rip-off of the movie Ready or Not. I get that. Which is another good example of mixing horror with comedy, by the way. Wait, Ready or Not is not a comedy? Yeah, it is. Is it? It's a horror comedy. Really? It's yeah. It's more serious to me. Well, we haven't really watched it yet, but from all the reviews I've heard about it, it's a good movie. It's got a lot of good com like comedic scenes in it, but it doesn't. It never loses its sight of being. Oh wait, a wait that's the like one. A, I thought you were talking about something else. Better watch out. The, Is that what you were thinking the too? Christmas one. Yeah. No, not that one. No, Ready or Not is about the woman who gets married to the, into this rich family, and then they play this epic game of hide and seek where it turns uh, really deadly. Okay, that's a, yeah. that's the funny one. Oh, yeah. Okay. Never mind then. I've heard a lot of good things about that movie. Again, I have not seen it yet, but I've heard good things. And I think that's another good example of mixing horror and comedy. See, it comes back full circle, in a way. Yeah. So I think that going forward, that's what we should probably do. We should look up what new horror movies are coming out in the year, and then keep track of when they're going to be released. Because I think a lot of people, like I said, what they're doing... They're putting too much information in a movie trailer, and then by the time you get in, in there and watch it, you're like not impressed. Man, because I like, mean, I was waste. yeah, because like with Halloween Kills, I was impressed with the trailer and I thought it was really good. But the c most common mistake that they made is that they heavily marketed the fact that Laurie Strode was going to play a more prominent role in this movie, and she didn't. 
they made it seem like this movie was going to be an epic showdown between Laurie Strode and Michael Myers, and it ended up not being that at all. It was a tease. It was a tease, and a lot of people who went to go see it hated it because of that. And I'm like, well, that kind of falls on the marketing advertising department of the production company. I feel like in the next, like the next movie they're going to do, I feel like that might be the final showdown. Well, it's called Halloween Ends, so I would assume so. Yeah. But I hope that what they do this time around, they don't do like last time. I hope she cuts his fucking throat. No, <laughs> I hope that like when they when they release the trailers for Halloween Ends, they don't heavily market it to the point where you go in and you're just not impressed again. I feel like because Halloween tw- Halloween 2018 was pretty good for what it was. Mm-hmm. It was horrifying it was graphic it was so you didn't like that one it was good don't say i don't like something i think it's good i thought you didn't because you looked at me afterwards you were like i'm not i'm not impressed like it's okay like here's the thing i love the original halloween but i love the rob zombie remake (sighs) and i don't like compare anything to like I don't consider that to be the highest standard of a halloween retelling yeah you know what i mean I think the direction they went with this Halloween in 2018 is a different direction because mm-hmm. by going the direction that they did, they completely disregarded movies 4 through H2O and Revelation. They com- they completely cut all those movies off, which I was like, okay, fine, whatever. Not too bad. And then they, you know, just kind of rolled with it, the fact that, like, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Laurie Strode, suffers from PTSD from the events of the first movie, which is normal. And then she tries to go on with her life with her daughter and granddaughter who are in a rest- in a strange relationship because of her alcoholism and her, you know, mental issues, which again are normal. And then we kind of just roll from there. And I thought it was a good, interesting you know, concept. Exactly. And I think that when they went into the second movie, Halloween Kills, mm-hmm. they're like, okay, now we gotta make this one bigger and badder. But I think they went with the more badder side than the badder. bigger side. I like that word, badder. 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 <laughs> badder up. <laughs> B- bigger and badder. <laughs> now, badder. I think that that's what they were trying to go for, but it didn't really execute the way that they wanted it to. Act a horror comedy? Okay, so where do you want to go back to well where did we go from this is what happens when we're not prepared well here's the thing this is what happens when we just fly off the cuff you remember we were talking talking about the monsters yes yeah let's start from there okay because i've never really seen the monsters i've seen a couple episodes with you but i've never really watched like a full season of the monsters i love that there's always competition between shows or different like things like for example flintstones were popular so were the Jetsons, uh, Jets, uh, Jetsons, and they're both. Out. And they're both the same thing. Shut up! And they're both <laughs> the same thing practically, but the ones from the Stone Age and one from outer space. Right. And then. And the future. Yeah, and then there's Adam's family and monsters. There's right. always those people that had which choice, but what was the difference between the two? Um, one was like a vampire with a Frankenstein and all that, and the other two were just two weirdos. And if you think about it too, Dark Shadows also falls under that same 
Dark Shadows is actually category. very no. Dark Shadows is very serious. This is so proper. No. Yes, it is. No. You're talking Are about you the movie. Me? Are you talking about the movie? No, with I'm Giant talking Death? about I'm talking about the show too because thing. You've never watched the show. You don't. Here's know. Here's the thing. Oh, wow. So let's break this down, shall he we? Does not we're, know. we're gonna go way off the rail here. So here we go. Adam's family is a family of. Creepy and kooky people who are fascinated by the macabre and goth and noir. And they have, like, grandparents who are witches and wizards and whatever. You have... Lurch. You have Lurch, who's... Frankenstein. Yeah, who's essentially a Frankenstein character, like... Frankenstein. No. Like, what's-his-face in the Munsters. Oh, the father. Yes, the father in the Munsters. Herman Munster, yeah. You've got a bunch of different people. Like, you've got Cousin It, you've got Thing. These are all characters who, in some way, shape, or form, don't make sense to a family dynamic, right? Just yeah. like the Monsters. But they made got, it work. Yeah, but you've got a dad who's a Frankenstein-type character. You've got Mom Lily, who's a vampire-type of character, with the grandfather. You've got Edmund Munster, right? That's the son. Yeah. Who's a werewolf-looking kid. And you like you're telling me that 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 those two movies don't co in line with Dark Shadows, which is a yeah, thousand yeah. year old vampire relative with his descending relatives yes. who are all in some way, shape, or form connected to the paranormal and supernatural. Okay, let me stop you there. Okay, because I get what you're saying and everything, and that all sounds like kind of going the same and stuff, and like family wise and all that, and just what he is. But there's a difference. What? When you watch the show, the show doesn't really have humor. Really doesn't. The movie with Johnny Depp added more added humor to it because the original did not add any comedy or humor or anything because the very original TV show is actually very uh, serious and very dramatic and it was basically a vampire-like soap opera. Okay, so aside from the fact that it lacked humor, what else is different from... Well... Because here's the thing. If everything that I have seen in the movie ties up with the show, like the fact that David, the little kid, talks to ghosts, <clears throat> his love interest, Victoria, is also connected to ghosts. Mm-hmm. Carolyn, the niece, is a werewolf. And his enemy and his rival love interest is a, a witch. witch. And you mean to tell me that that has no similarities to the monsters and the Adams family? Not really, because they're not uh, like there's no revenge involving with event with the Adams family or the monsters. And the little kids don't talk to ghosts really; they mostly talk to each other. Wednesday the Adams family members hold seances. What is that shit? Oh, they hold seances, but you don't see seances in the Dark Shadows. But they talk to ghosts. Maybe not through a Ouija board, but they talk to the paranormal. I'm saying that there are there are much more bigger connections between the Adams family, the monsters, and even Dark Shadows than just comedy. It doesn't have to be comedy. It's the fact that they're all a paranormal family that just coexists together. You know, can we just agree that, that that's like the big Well, we'll agree connection? that it's all there's all family related. It's a family dynamic that all have But I want you to know that it wasn't a funny show. It was very serious. It's not I know this is an episode about horror comedy, but I'm trying to say like my debate in all of this is that 
I think that Dark Shadows, in terms of themes, which is a supernatural, paranormal family dynamic, all living together and going through misadventures together, just like Adam's family and the Munsters, are similar. Mm. It doesn't have to be... Like, it doesn't all have to fall under a certain subgenre category. It just needs to fall under the fact that they have similarities in their episodes and plots and whatever. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I don't mean to get completely off the rail, but I did say before going into this that we were going way off rail. Also, the vampire from Dark Shadows, he's 200 years old. Whatever. Whatever. That's not the point right now. (laughs) (laughs) That is so not the point right now. But anyway, I think we should probably wrap this up. Alright, because I'm getting a little annoyed with you. And don't get annoyed, (laughs) alright? We're just having a good time talking about horror comedy. I know. And and you fell off the rails with your goddamn seriousness, as you always do. Because I'm the the funny one, and you're the serious one in this relationship. See, that's another example of mixing horror with comedy. Oh my god, we're horror comedy! I'm comedy, you're horror. That should have been the name of our podcast. Horror comedy. Well, horror comedy, right? Horror comedy? Horror comedy? No, thank you. As you all are not looking at this, I'm nodding my head up and down. And she's like, horror comedy? Yeah. No, I'm saying horror comedy. Yeah, horror comedy. Not horror. No, horror. Horror. No, horror is horror. 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 Anyway. 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 But I think we are a fine mix of comedy and horror. What do you think? Do you think we've said our piece about horror comedy today? I think for the most part, we've actually talked about what is good about horror comedy and what's not good about horror comedy. But I think, if anything, we should I, we should name down our favorite... We should say our favorite horror comedies right now before we get off this thing. Okay, so I mentioned Zombieland and what else? I'm not going to say Young Frankenstein because it's not exactly a horror comedy. It's just a parody of a horror movie. But what about Beetlejuice? Beetlejuice is definitely that fine line. I mean, it's not so scary, but it still has macabre, scary elements to it. Yeah, I mean, it's got some, like you said, it's got some elements of horror, but it's not too scary. It's quirky in its own way, but it's still pretty funny. Like, it's got a lot of adult humor in it that I think a lot of people like and appreciate about it. Um, Aside from that, I can't really think of anything else that, for me, would be, like, my favorite horror comedy. But you've listed a few. Yes, I have. Um, I will say there's different types, too, I like. Mm -hmm. I do love the Evil Dead series because that is hilarious. Yeah. I do love... um, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which is a great... I can't believe you're looking it up right now on your phone. Yeah. I'm just trying to remember all the stuff that I do like. Um, Was that Toxic Avenger I just saw you scroll by? Yeah, but that's more like superhero, like, mixed with horror, like, because it's a beast, you know? That was another one that came up in the live stream yesterday. Oh? I commented saying that that was one of my husband's favorites. Yeah, Monster Squad will always be my favorite. It's so funny. And, I feel uh, like Toxic Avenger is like a fever dream of a horror movie. It really is. Especially the acting I, and the action in it. Yeah. I watched it with you for the first time a few weeks ago, and I was like, what the fuck am I watching? If you want to watch... Was like watching yeah. It was like watching In the Company of Wolves for the first time. That was fucked. Yeah. That wasn't even funny. It was, a, again, 
balls to the wall fever dream type of movie. Fantasy fever dream, yeah. Yeah, but still. You ever like watch those movies that are so far out there that you don't fully comprehend what's happening? Those and are so, my, those are my favorite. And so when you think back like when you think back on it about that movie and you're like what kind of movie was that that I just watched? You like know, Those are my favorite, especially in the 80s. A lot of those type of movies came out then because they were really coming up with different things and imaginations and special effects and the dialogue. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. But anyway, yeah. And just like stuff like that. Like vampire movies are like definitely an example of that. Like Fright Night is a scary comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, Freaking uh, Lost Boys is definitely a scary comedy because that adds a lot of the uh, vampire vibes to it with the humor. Yeah. Especially with the Frog Brothers and Corey Haim and their humor mixed with like the seriousness of like the teenage vam- vampire drama. Mm-hmm. An- another one that came to mind for me uh, was the Child's Play sequels. Yeah, those are way too funny. The third one had a good mixture of horror and comedy. Seriously? But Bride and Seed went a little too far left in the comedy spectrum. I think after the first three movies, it went downhill with with more comedy. But then they kind of like brought it all back with... The Cult uh, and Seed of Chucky? With Curse and Cult of Chucky. Why did I see Seed of Chucky? Seed of Chucky was with the the kid. The the kid, which that was fucking weird. We have yet to watch the TV series. We should watch it. It's on Peacock. Yeah. Yeah. The P to the cock. I'll probably watch that while you're on your vacation. I'll let you know how it goes. My wife is going to let me know how it goes. Wow. Okay. Cool. All the right. Duly that, noted. The face that you made that made me laugh at you was hilarious. Duly, I love the duly, faces that you make. Yeah. Duly noted. I appreciate that. Because I'm going to be having too much fun down in Ocean City that I'm not even going to watch TV. That's good, though. That is good. Because you know why? I don't need TV when I'm down there. All I Take a break from the boob tube. Yeah. Boob tube. Yes. All I got is some Cure the Waves and some Tasty Treats. Yeah, I actually had a funny dream about. I told you about this earlier, but I had a funny dream about you going to Maryland. Oh, um, I don't think you told me, but okay. no, you, I did. No, I told you this last night, but I think you were half asleep. Oh, okay. I'm not gonna name names because I don't. I want to respect the privacy of the people who we were going to visit down in Maryland. But the the friend that you are gonna be staying with while you're in Maryland, right? Yeah, they have a son. Like a, a toddler, I believe. Mm-hmm. And in my dream, now keep in mind, this is all a dream. Yeah. And in this dream, I wasn't actively involved. It was like one of those dreams where you're like, it's like watching a movie unfold in front of you. So I had this dream that you were staying at this friend's house, right? And you were staying in like a guest room. You're not even looking at me right now. I'm listening. Okay. So you were staying in like a guest bedroom and you were keeping off like your bags and stuff in there. And apparently in my dream, you had, while you were in Maryland, you had bought me, like, candy. Like, you went to, like, some candy shop in Ocean City. The candy kitchen. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. you went to the candy kitchen, and you bought me, like, a two-pound bag of candy. Which I'm probably going to do when I'm down there. Exactly. But here's the thing. So in my dream, you go into your room to go get something, and your friend's son is standing by your bags and he's eating the candy out of the bag and you yell out his name and not only 
Not only did you yelling his name startled him and made him cry, but because he knew that he was in trouble for eating your candy, made him cry even more. And so your friend and his wife come in, and they're all, you, you're all like, "What's going on? What's wrong? Like, why, why is he crying?" And you said, "He ate the bag of candy I was going to give Aaliyah from my trip." And they're like, "Oh, okay." And they're like, "We're sorry." And you're like, "I paid like a lot of money for that." And I'm like. I'm watching this all unfold, and I'm like, this is just too fucking funny. <laughs> I'm yelling at a kid for candy. I'm, like, going out and saying, and, like, no adult should ever be, like, that, like, mad or deranged because of the candy. But I think, like, at one point, though, your friend got, like, a stern voice. He's like, hey, he's like, what are you doing? You, th- you know that's not yours. You shouldn't be eating that candy. I just thought that was kind of, like, funny. And I swear, if so-and-so... Eats the candy in real life. I'm gonna be very upset. That's why I, I would say be very careful where you put your stuff, especially since I'm looking at your bags right now. You've got you've got a big suitcase and a little suitcase. You've got a lunch bag and you've got a duffel bag over there. Yeah, but I don't are know. you bringing your melodica? My melodica? Yeah. Why? You're I'm, bringing a lot of shit with you that you're only you're probably not going to be using a lot of. No, it. but I'm going to use it. It'll be fine. I got See, my accordion I'm, in the car. Why? Why are you bringing all this stuff with you? Because I'm going to play. See, I never got this craze when we went on our trip to Salem. Because I knew we weren't going to be spending a whole lot of time in the room. I'm not going to be spending a lot of time in my room when I'm living with my buddy and his wife. So literally, I got all these activities to do and everything. I got my longboard. I got my freaking lawn chair. I got clothes I can have for days. I got... I got freaking my accordion so I can play music with them, especially around the fire. And uh, I'm, I'm confused about this whole trip that you've got planned. See, if it were me, and I mean, people travel differently and they plan to out different I things. I travel differently. I, I would go, like, to the boardwalks. I would go to the shops and restaurants. But that's I would where I'm go going to the beach. Too. Yeah, but I feel like you would be spending a lot of your time doing things other than all these other activities you have planned like when you go camping for instance you mentioned going camping for one night yeah because uh um so and so is letting me use their tent and giving me their acetique beach pass to uh stay on the beach for one night with um, a nice big old tent and like i could just have me in the water in the beach and it's just it'll be perfect and that's great and everything but i like, you've got your lawn chair. That's fine. You've got a beach towel and blanket. Those are fine, too. You're going to be taking, like, a cooler with food and drinks and stuff. That's all fine. I don't think you need your melodica, though. I really don't think you need that. I also don't think you need your accordion. I think I do. I'm just worried that you're going to be, like, traveling with all this stuff that's... Some of it's worth quite a bit of money. But I'm worried that you're going to get robbed. I think I'm going to be okay. Okay. If I keep it at the house, it's going to be fine. But anyway, all right. are we uh, all set with this horror comedy? Yeah, I talk? think we have come to the end of our episode. We've said all we need to say about horror comedy and Colin's trip to Maryland. And also, and I'm a big dork, so I love horror comedy. So literally, keep on coming with those horror comedies. Like, it's, you know, it's a perfect mix, I think, of the two. All right, is there anything you want to conclude before we close off our show? I mean, other than... You know, I thank you for listening to us, and I'm glad that you had a good time listening to this, and we're entertained for the most part, especially if it's a horror comedy episode. You yeah. know, there's a little entertainment. But my wife will tell you where you need to find us. 
Okay, well, first of all, if you've made it this far into the episode, I thank you for taking the time to listen to us just ramble some nonsense about we, horror comedy. We acknowledge you. We acknowledge you. And if you would like to follow us on social media, we are on Instagram. You can listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts. So Spotify, Apple iTunes, or um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever really you get your podcasts. You can check out our website. That's always linked in our instagram bio and yeah i think that's pretty much the conclusion of our show yeah also stay tuned for the next two weeks episode like i said i've got my special guest host with me which i'm very excited to have on the show so yeah yeah other than that this has been the abby normal podcast i'm your host um colin and i'm (laughs) signing off saying what are you gonna do knock my block off as always, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We are currently on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Be sure to give us a like, subscribe, or a nice review for our podcast. It helps boost our show positively. You can also follow us on Instagram and now on TikTok.